Who's there? Guys. Uh, what do you want? Is this the Stewart residence? Why are you here? Uh, I've come about the what room. What do you want? I've come about the room. Go ahead, go away. I, I, do you have a room to rent? Not for rent. I thought it was for rent. Go. the planet Zeist, hear me. You gather together in secret for the last time. You suffer under the yoke of General Katana's rule for the last time. And you stand without a leader for the last time. Will you lead us, Ramirez? No, I'm not your leader. But because I see with eyes different from yours, I see a man with a great destiny before him. Who is he? Show him to us. Let him show himself. Let him feel the quickening! Back on. Let's get the party back cracking up in there, man. 
Starfighter, you have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Zer and the Kodan Armada. So what are you waiting for? Insert coin and let's get this party started, mofo. Television, pop culture. It's where you find it. Everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Entertainment Landfill News. I am your host, the Jstrom. It is now the fiftieth episode, fiftieth episode of Entertainment Landfill News. It's hard to believe that it's been fifty episodes. Uh, there's been a lot of other things that have gone on in between those fifty episodes. You know, like uh, movie reacts, trailer reacts. Uh, lunchtime shows. Uh, do you remember that it was Entertainment Landfill Daily? Then I turned it into the news and just whatever. I'm confused. But anyway, there's been 50 shows that have been titled ETL News. But I haven't done the show alone. I do it with Stephen the Pop Culture Zealot. What's happening? Hi, Stephen. How are you hey, doing? I'm fantastic. I'm going to try not to do what I did last time where I strained my voice saying, hey, everybody, and then I had to cough the entire time. So I'm going to keep it cool and lax. Um, but, hey, we should celebrate 50 episodes of this. We're going streaky! Yeah! No, we're not. We're not going streaky. Nobody Cross wants to quads? see that. Come on. <laughs> Cross the quad. <laughs> let's do it. Heck, yeah, let's do it. I thought it would be fun to throw together a little intro or something there and what's funny is there's a song from xanadu in there all over uh, the world from uh, by elo uh recently we went to see the high school uh that emma will be going to next year uh perform xanadu the musical on stage and i had the elo song stuck in my head for like a week and i started listening to the soundtrack and stuff didn't they also do that in electric dreams as well all over the world? Uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe. I think it's at the end when the computer's trying to take over. I like that movie. 
uh, Electric Dreams. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember back when it was on cable that song in the in, 80s. When it plays, it's like, that's what I think of as Electric Dreams. Yeah, that's a great movie. Moles. Remember he called mm-hmm. the guy Miles Moles? That was pretty Virginia good stuff. Virginia Madsen. Yeah, Virginia Madsen. Good stuff, man. Let's go. Excuse me? If you but, haven't seen it, see it. Yeah, everybody seek out Electric <laughs> Dreams, directed by Steve Barron. And the reason I know that is because he directed a lot of music videos in the 80s, and he went on to direct Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. And I don't know what happened to him after that. Uh, you know. Two and a half men he's directing, I heard. You know. <laughs> yeah. He's probably directing TV or something. <clears throat> but St- uh, Stephen, last Friday, last yeah, it was last Friday, we saw Black Panther. We did. Black Panther. And uh, I thought it was awesome. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Afterwards, you know, we saw it at 11 uh, at night. And by the time the movie's over, it's just like, yeah, that was pretty good. Oh, guys, see you, see you later. And it's just like, I want to go to bed. <laughs> it's like I still got a 30-minute drive home. Yeah, because we keep dem- we want to see it in XD and 3D, and they only show it late at night. So we have to keep doing that. Uh, and it kills me. I think but- it was like after 3 before I got to bed. The- oh, man. Yeah, I think when we came home, we ended up uh, eating because we hadn't eaten dinner yet or something. I don't know, but uh, I I highly enjoyed Black Panther. I thought it was really cool, really great story. I loved Wakanda. I loved the cast. Uh, I loved uh, his sister, who was kind of like his cue with all of her cool inventions. Yeah. I loved the like sneaking <clears throat> shoes that uh, and she said, I call these sneakers. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that Michael B. Jordan was a great villain. Yeah, I did like him. He had a great story, and he had a good point. He kind of reminded me a little bit of, uh, well, he didn't remind me of Zod from Man of Steel, but in Man of Steel, Zod, he, you understood why he was doing what he was doing, and he was doing his job and what he was born to do. Uh, whereas Michael B. Jordan's character, I understood that uh, I I bl- I understood where he was coming from and why he felt the way he did. He had reasons for what he wanted to do. Yes, and he wasn't necessarily wrong either. But I thought the movie was so much fun. I really did. But Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan's been great in a lot of things. You know, thinking back on all the, you know, Friday Night Lights, what he gave us. And oh yeah, when we and- saw him on Friday Night Lights, we loved him and. And he was like even super young in The Wire. He was fantastic in The Wire too. He's Chronicle. always been a great actor. Chronicle. I almost forget about that. But yeah, uh, Michael B. Jordan so good, and the uh, Chadwick Boseman, who guy who plays uh, Black Panther. I thought he was great. And it's funny, Forrest Whitaker was in this, and <laughs> uh, after what the fate of his character is, is that that what he does in movies now? He shows up for a bit, and then okay, out of here. <laughs> But he's always good. Um, I don't know if you saw the meme about him on there. It said there was a picture of him like as another character, and his eyes messed up, and it takes him to a, a, a Rwanda. Uh huh. Like, Wakanda. Wakanda mm-hmm. can fix it. Uh, the future of Wakanda can fix his eye. And both his eyes were perfect. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh wow! I saw a funny uh, thing on Twitter. It was uh, there are only two white guys in Black Panther. And it's Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis, two Tolkien white guys, because you know they're both in Lord of the Rings, uh-huh. Hobbit, 
That was a pretty cheesy joke, huh? <laughs> Get it to Tolkien, white guys? <laughs> uh... Come on, everybody! Come on! Snoop! Snoop-a-loop! snoop Yes, Snoop-a-loop. Why do I always have to burp during the show, Stephen? I don't know what the you're deal is. Drinking sodas. Oh, I've got water and soda. I'm going to switch to water for a bit. The soda's reacting with what you ate. I wonder if I need to like have like a drink, like a sippy cup with like a straw. It would be. Can <laughs> you get a regular cup with a straw? It's got to be a sippy cup with a straw. Yeah, like when, like Emma had when she was little. One of the, one of the cups with the built-in straw. <laughs> yeah, I miss that. I remember we have some old. Uh, plastic dishes in her cupboard like with elmo and backyard against Dora, and heather's like we need to get rid of these and i go no you know it's because <laughs> i see it reminds me of when she was little and we really don't need them anymore but it is kind of funny like um just the idea of getting rid of those and i'm just like no because she's my girl's grown up you know what's funny is her... Put them together in a shadow box. <laughs> yeah, I need to frame them. With a young picture of Emma. And you know what's funny is next week is her birthday, and she turns 14. Uh-oh. And uh, last year, she did the... Do you remember me telling you about we went to an escape room? Right. But it was like, we did the big escape room with like 12 people or 10 people or something like that. And there has to be an adult there. So I was the adult and all of these, uh, you know, sure you were the adult close <laughs> as close as possible, but a bunch of 12 year olds and they have to solve these things and unlock locks and stuff. But this time she said she wants a much smaller escape room. So it's going to be five of her friends. And so that might be fun. But the thing is, 18 and under has to be accompanied by adult. And I'm like, Heather, do you want to do it this time? And she's like, no, I'm good. And I'm like, I got to do it again. <laughs> the escape room. Okay. Well, that, that should be fine. Now, Stephen, uh, Cloverfield Paradox. Remember during the Super Bowl, it said it is now on Netflix and you can watch it. Well, I finally watched it. And I don't think I had watched it yet when we recorded last. I said I wanted to watch right. it. But I watched it. But you haven't seen it yet, I right? I have not seen so it. So I don't want to give anything away. But remember 10 Cloverfield Lane, how basically it was a movie that existed that had its own story. But then they kind of tagged in some Cloverfield stuff in it and right. kind of made it a Cloverfield movie. Well, Cloverfield Paradox kind of feels like that, too. It's a very interesting movie involving people, uh, uh, this crew on a satellite conducting these tests like a, with a Hadron Collider, where they're trying to solve the energy crisis on Earth. And perhaps something happens when they turn it on. Perhaps? <laughs> maybe maybe nothing happens. It's a really boring movie. But uh, <laughs> perhaps something happens. Uh, and I thought it was a lot of fun and everything. And when it ended, you know, uh, it's, you know, just wait for the ending when you watch it. That's what it's building to. Like, oh, just wait. But when it's over, I'm like, yeah, okay. I enjoyed this, but I can see, like, if we saw this in the movie theater, I might be like, oh, what? I came to the theater for this because it feels kind of short and stuff. So I think it's perfect for, like, a TV movie on Netflix. Was it like an hour or more? Or uh, no, I think it's like 90 minutes or something. Okay. It it feels kind of short. It almost feels like I well I know for a fact it was a different movie and they changed it. They turned it into Clover a Cloverfield movie, and that doesn't necessarily mean it. That's a bad thing, but I kind of wish they would just 
make a Cloverfield movie, like actually set out to make one and write one, you know, <laughs> instead of taking, oh, hey, look, this, this is movie. a pretty good sci-fi movie where you can add in some Cloverfield stuff. And- yeah, this is on the shelf. They weren't able to finish. They ran out of money. Uh, let's see if we can turn it into Cloverfield. No, just friggin' write a movie about the stuff. Maybe they'll do that eventually. I don't know. But like we did that story last time, like they may have a Cloverfield four. And it's like, oh, okay. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Have you watched Altered Carbon on Netflix? I've started it. Oh, good, good. Uh, How many episodes in are you? Three. Are you impressed by the visuals of the show? Yes. Uh, I finished it and I, I highly enjoyed it. I think it's a great series. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun, and uh, just stick it out. It's it's good stuff. The, yeah, the it's a lot of flashback, flash sideways, and mm-hmm. whatever the first few episodes so far. And it's like, yeah, there is. All right, I got to pay attention to this. Yeah, thing. it's a kind of show you have to pay attention. And once you kind of you get the feel for it, you're when it goes to some kind of flashback, you're you're on board. You know what's going on. You uh the it's kind of like at first you're like, Okay, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. Okay, what are they showing me here? But man, it's a lot of fun. Uh I highly enjoyed Altered it's Carbon. What, like ten episodes, right? So I think we're mm-hmm. we're three episodes in on it. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. What's funny is, you know, we watched maybe, I'm thinking the first six episodes or something, and then we had to wait a week to watch the final four. And, you know, I was just telling Heather, like, it's like any other show. You watch one a week, but we watch the first six, and it's like, oh, my God, where are we going to be a week from now? It's like, (laughs) come on, we can wait till next weekend, because she'll be like this. Like, I'm an old man now. Uh, During the week, I've got to get up at 540, so I go to sleep by 1030 or 11. So on Saturday, she's like, let's watch another one, and it's creeping towards one and if we watch another one, it'll be two. And she'll be like, let's watch another one. And I go, you're throwing out my sleep schedule. I'll be screwed by Monday, you know? Uh, so, I do that every weekend. I screw up my works. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. I'd rather just go to bed early. I know I'm super boring. I, I've become but, such a boring person. But I, I I have the issue of falling asleep anyway. You know, it's like 10, 10 o'clock. I, it's like I'll be up and I'm like writing emails or something for work uh-huh. or and I'll look up as like all of a sudden, eleven o'clock. When did, where oh, did the time go? And that's Crap. a crazy thing. Last night I went to go get dinner. It was around six thirty, and I went to go get us dinner. Heather texted me. She said we just lost power in the house, and I was like, "Oh shit! Uh, let me know when it comes back on." So I went and I got the food, and I was heading back, and she called me. She goes, "The power's not on yet," and I was like. And she did the thing where you call the the people, you know, the electric company, and they said <laughs> it won't be on till nine. And I was like, Oh, that sucks. So uh we decided to go to her parents and eat dinner. And then she got a new text that said it won't be on till five AM and I was like, Oh Jesus And so uh I was like, Okay, Emma, you spend the night here at your grandma's. I'm gonna go home though. I'll be fine. And already when I got home and I looked at the thermostat, it was 63 degrees in the house. And I was like, Jesus, it's cold in here, you know? I was like, that's okay. Just blankets and... Throw on some extra blankets. Heather and I went to bed. And then around 1230, the power came on. But the heater had been on, like on 67. 
And all of a sudden, it's just blowing constantly. I, you know, it's like that dry air. And I was like, Jesus, turn the heater off. It's killing us. And so in nothing worse, you wake up and every clock is blinking. You know, it's like, what time is it? I have no idea, no concept. But uh, that sucked, man. Uh, we take internet power for granted. As soon as it's gone, it sucks. And we had candles going and Heather was like, just think. People in the olden days, they had to have lanterns and like candles, hot-bellied stoves, to and, keep I like, warm. and I was like, and I was like, because there were a bunch of chumps born at the wrong time. <laughs> Screw them! I don't need to learn to live like that. I don't want to. <laughs> rub two sticks together here. Yeah, and I also warm. like to sleep with the TV on at night. And what's so funny is we have a VCR in our room that we haven't used in years, and when the power came on. Uh, I kept turning, duk, duk, duk. and I was like, what is that sound? And I was like, I don't know. It sounds like something dripping. It was like, duk, duk. and I was like, what? And I was like, you know, I, I was in a deep sleep and then the power came on, woke me up and I kind of had that shaky feeling. And I was looking around like my ears, like trying to like, what is that sound? And I, there's nothing outside. It's coming around the entertainment center. And so I started unplugging each thing. And when it got to the VCR, I unplugged it and it stopped making the sound. And I don't know why it was making that sound. I still don't. But it was driving us insane. I got to the hotel the other day and I got in and turned. uh, My coworker had the same room I had. I got issued the first day on Monday. I got there, turned on the TV. It doesn't work. The TV doesn't work? In the hotel. That sucks. So I, I go downstairs and I change rooms. And they just put me in the room right next door to where I'm at. And as I sit there and I turn on the TV and about to, you know, just kind of getting ready, got all my uh, stuff turned, uh, moved over to my room. All of a sudden, I tick, 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 tick. I'm like, what the hell? And it's like, go over. The refrigerator in the room is ticking. <laughs> So I it was ticking really loud. I'm like, oh, that's it. I unplugged it. I still had the card key for the other room. I went and swapped the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that's that ref- a- that room has a broken refrigerator and a broken TV. <laughs> wow, nice. I was like, um, you're not going to stick me with this. No, I have. You said you sleep with the TV on. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's I got to do the complete darkness. Sometimes I got to do that. I, uh, if I'm not feeling well or I got a headache, I'll turn off everything. But usually I'll fall asleep with the TV. It's like on. our monitors came with these clips, you know, um, for grounding, and and I carry a several of these things because in hotels you'll get bad curtains that don't meet all the way, so you'll get that beam of light right across your face. Yeah. So I clip them, or the air conditioner will blow it up. So I. I'll clamp the curtain down to the window ledge. I've got this thing worked out. (laughs) Nice. You're ready for whatever comes your way. Yeah, I am. Nice. (laughs) Oh, and there's a, on Netflix, there's another series called Everything Sucks. It takes place in the 90s, these kids in high school. Uh, Heather and I watched, uh, I'd say there's 10 episodes. We watched the first uh, seven, I think. And no, first six, maybe. And uh, that show is so awesome. You need to watch that. It's hilarious. It's just like... Kind of freaks and geeks-ish. Yeah, very much like that. It's 
very warm feeling and it's sweet. Uh, I just love it. I fell in love with it immediately. I was two episodes in and I was like, I love this show. It's fantastic. <laughs> the Tick is back, Stephen. The, nice. the, the second part of season one, six more episodes. Originally, it was 12 episodes and they were like, let's only put the first six out. So this is the second half. And I'm excited Doing about that. Doing a Red Dwarf style. Yeah, and Six episodes. Uh, I remember I was kind of annoyed. I was like, just give us all the episodes. Come on. Uh, also, Mute, uh, Duncan Jones' new movie is on Netflix. It's a sci-fi movie. Uh, eh, I've been s- heard some good things and I've heard some bad things, uh, but I'm a Duncan Jones fan, so I'll check it out. The last, you know, I loved Moon. I loved uh, What's Source the Code. Video director too. Hmm? Was Duncan no Spike Jones? And Duncan Jones, he directed Warcraft, World of Warcraft, the yeah. movie we saw, and uh, you know we talked about that. The best thing about that was the uh, the uh, what were they orcs? Mm-hmm. The human stuff was bad, but uh, he tried. But I'm interested to see this kind of smaller uh, sci-fi movie. I'm anxious to check check that out. Now, uh, like last time, Stephen. Adam sent me a voicemail. Let's see if this will work. Remember how I said I want to start playing voicemail at the beginning of the show instead of the end? Hey, Jason, you told me to remind you to play voicemail. Oh, what's that, Stephen? So you should play some voicemail. All right. Well, let's see if this works. Let's check out some voicemail. And now it's time to hear some voicemail. Wow, this better be good after that intro, Stephen. TRS-80 is on her her game tonight. Yes, she is. Let's see if this works. There we go. Hello, Entertainment Landfill crew. This is Adam Sexton sending you a voicemail. Uh, My understanding is that tonight's episode is the 50th episode of ETL News, which is uh, pretty insane. Uh, But I'm glad that... uh, that uh, Ooh, Jason hi, and you and Steven and sometimes Bill uh, actually get together and keep on making podcasts, keep on making content, because as long as you do that, uh, you will have listeners who will uh, listen in, uh, people like myself. Um, as far as uh, feedback, uh, uh, it's not going to be a whole lot because I've spent uh, a good portion of the last week or so uh trying to get a new job i just left my uh previous job that i've held i've held for like nearly 13 years and i wanted something different and uh, i just finished my fifth day on the job and it's it's long and hard but uh it'll pay well and uh that's really what i need is money so uh, a steady paycheck is always good but uh, enough about me uh I think the most recent popular thing I've seen recently was a Black Panther. And I saw this uh, Saturday and I really, really loved it. I, I think it's, I'm not ready. I'm not really sure where I'd rank it uh, in the MCU films, uh, but it would definitely be near the top. It's, it's definitely one of the best films of the, of the genre. And uh, it's uh, very smart and savvy and subversive and all a lot of ways uh there was one uh, film uh, uh critic online uh who goes by film crit hulk uh, he used to write i think he used <laughs> to write for 
uh, birth movies death. I forget which website he writes for now, but if you do a Google search with uh, that moniker, Film Crit Hulk and Black Panther, you'll find his review. And his review uh, points out the similarities between uh, uh, plot-wise and thematically between Black Panther and Do the Right Thing. And it's a very smart comparison and very knowing. And uh, I could definitely oh, see the similarities and the conflict between the viewpoints of T'Challa and uh, Killmonger. But I love the whole film. Um, I I guess my only gripe, and it's minor, uh, is that I wish that Angela Bassett had a little bit more to do. But uh, at least the other uh, main uh, female characters had plenty to do. Uh, I love uh, Lupita Nyong'o and Letitia Wright. I hope I'm pronouncing her first now. I'm probably screwing that up. But uh, Sherry was, you know, hilarious, and I, I'm kind of hoping she and Tony Stark get to meet in uh, the upcoming Avengers movie, or somehow somewhere down the line. Uh, I think maybe that last fight scene between Black Panther and Killmonger was a little too CGI heavy, but otherwise, most of the fight scenes were really well done. I loved the the car chase in uh, in uh, Korea. And uh, come on, I mean, awesome. armed rhinoceroses—that's that's that's, that's uh, something you don't see every day. And they did it well. So uh, I love I love that movie, and I uh, can't wait to hear you to hear what uh, you guys think of it as well. We already talked about it. Uh, the only other about. thing I've saw noteworthy is uh, this uh, this late '80s. A uh, sci-fi action movie called The Hidden, and uh, Jason and I. Uh, Jason recommended uh, this movie to me. Apparently, he was kind of surprised that I haven't seen it, and it's not streaming anywhere right now, as far as I know. So I had to go to it's a awesome local store player. and pick up a, a little cheap DVD copy of it. But uh, it's it's fantastic. It holds up pretty well. It's it's got a nice little take on the the 80s cop movie and uh it's 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 surprisingly a little gross in some places i think those uh practical effects kind of hold up but uh i really enjoyed it and uh thanks uh, jason for recommending that movie oh you're welcome other than that i don't really have a whole lot of news maybe things maybe uh i'll get back into uh uh playing more games and uh watching more movies when I get this whole work thing figured out. Uh, but anyway, guys, hopefully I'll be in the chat room to listen live. Uh, congratulations on hitting 50 episodes of uh, ETL News. I wonder how many That's episodes cool. this makes for uh, Nowhere Mulberry ET, uh, ETL overall. So, uh, guys, uh, good luck on tonight's show. And uh, let's have 50 more episodes of ETL News Daily. And, uh, of course, I would like to hear some more uh, Chuck Series Companion episodes uh, in the yeah. near future. So, anyway, guys, uh, good to hear from you. And I will speak to you later. Or should I say, chicky leader. Bye. All right, Adam. And congratulations on the new job. Uh, yeah. You need to get out there and make some more money. Everybody say make money, money, make money, money, money. Make money, money, make money, money, money.
All right, Adam. Thanks. Uh, I'm glad you liked the hidden. I, d- I don't remember why we were talking about it one That's night. That's the one where the aliens hidden the cops. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyle MacLachlan. It's yeah, yeah. great. It's yes. a fun movie. <laughs> Super violent. Make me have to think back in my yeah, my and uh, catalog in my brain. We were rec- Heather tagged it not too long ago because she likes Kyle MacLachlan. I go, dude, the hidden, <laughs> and I was just like, that's awesome, and uh, I'm glad Adam watched it. It's it's a fun movie. Now, Stephen, I remember our last show. I said something like. Remember me talking about, like, I used to love making clips to shows, you know, Hell's Kitchen, Top Chef, and then I make drops out of it and stuff, and I missed it. And then I said, well, I decided to go ahead and do it for Top Chef. And uh, then I promptly forgot to even play it on the show when it was over. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And uh, again, I watched Top Chef, and... I was like, I got to make a clip of this, just like old times. So, okay, first of all, I'm going to play some Top Chef clips. The first one, I thought this was funny. They're in Colorado. It's Top Chef Colorado. And they go to the hotel, The Stanley. Mm -hmm. And you've been there, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. But they make it like this is the creepiest place we've ever been. They have scary music and atmosphere and it's just they're laying on a bit thick. When you're walking around there, it plays scary music constantly. Really? No. They do on Top oh, Chef. Okay. <laughs> and they even have to do some scary food. But let's check this out real quick. I just want you to hear how they lay it on thick. Uh, where are we going? Okay, they're driving up to it. That's the one from The Shining. The Stanley Hotel is famous for Stephen King's inspiration for writing The Shining. Bedroom, bedroom. That creeped the f- out of me when I was a kid. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone to the historic Stanley Hotel here in gorgeous Estes Park, Colorado. This is your last quick fire before the finals begin. Just listen to this. In 1973, Stephen King and his wife checked in here for one night to a completely empty hotel. Well, so they thought. The events that transpired that night led to one of Stephen King's worst nightmares of his life. The nightmare was <laughs> enough that? inspiration for one of America's most recognized horror novels of all time, The Shining. Are you ready for the scary part? Yes. Yep. For your quickfire challenge, you'll have to make a dessert. I'm scared. <laughs> that sounds pretty terrifying. I need to dig deep on this one to find some inspiration. For your quickfire challenge today, I want to see you visualize whatever your worst nightmare is on the plate with your dessert. Seems like you guys could use a little creative joke. So let's see what you've got. I don't like scary movies. I don't watch them. My imagination's a little too vivid for that. I dream in incredible detail. Last night, for instance, I dreamt about a tater tot made with pine nuts that was stuffed with jam. To help make sure you can get super creative, our friends at Craftsy have sent some tools to help you with your scary desserts. To make things a bit more chilling, 
I'll be tasting your dishes in the room where Stephen King had his nightmare. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, chefs, I'll see you up in room 217. And your one hour starts now. Good luck. This is Pat tells us this story. I believe in spirits. I do. I don't think of them as ghosts in the traditional horror movie sense, but I have been in rooms where I have felt a certain presence or a thickness in the air, that there was something there other than me. <laughs> so they did that, Stephen. And I was just like, oh, come on. You're laying it on a bit thick. My favorite thing a guy did is he made chocolate cake with little dough people and like some uh, strawberry for blood. And they had like fallen off a cliff and crashed on rocks. And I was like, that looks edible. Here's the thing. When they do challenges like this, making something that's supposed to be scary, but I'm easily squeamish where if I see something that looks kind of gross, I'm not eating it. He made it look good. He made it look like a chocolate cake with these cute dough people like dead on it with strawberry stuff. And it looked good. But other people were like, I've got some guts here. It's like, nobody wants to eat that. So anyway, I thought that was funny and uh, and silly. And scary. Yeah, very scary. So here's what I do on Top Chef. It comes on Thursday nights and I usually watch it Friday mornings. And I like to eat breakfast while watching it. So uh, this morning, I have to watch it online because we had no power to record it on the DVR. You know, it's like, it's not there. Oh, yeah, there was no power. So so that was last night? Yeah. Uh, no, not that episode. That was a couple of weeks ago. This, oh. is, this new episode I'm about to talk about. I'm about to... I'm sitting there with my breakfast... And I'm going to watch Top Chef while uh, watching it. And like I said, I'm easily squeamish. And I want you to hear what this challenge is. And see if I got squeamish at all and didn't want to eat. This challenge is really going to take some balls. A Colorado classic. Rocky Mountain oysters. (laughs) Great. Who doesn't like bowls of testicles? (laughs) Hope no one's allergic to nuts. <laughs> Have any of you worked with these before? All of a sudden, I'm like, no. I'm not yep. hungry. I prepared them in anticipation this for this challenge. Good for you. What about you, Joe? I worked with a chef in Florence, so this was one of his specialties. I know it seems a little novelty, but eating stuff like this dates back to Roman times, and these things are actually like, well, still eaten have, all over the world. I'm excited to try it, but um, also squeamish. You don't want to do it when there are 15 of us. Yeah. <laughs> For your quick fire challenge, you'll have 30 minutes to create a mouth-watering dish with Rocky Mountain oysters. No, and since you. good things always come in pairs, <laughs> we want you guys to prepare Rocky Mountain oysters two ways. The winner of this quick fire will like receive an advantage <laughs> in the elimination challenge. Good luck, chefs. Your 30 minutes starts now. <laughs> Using an ingredient like this, it's tough. And honestly, this is the one challenge where I'm happier to I'm be so cooking than judging. Like the flavor is somewhere in between a gland and a brain with a little bit more iron to it. Joe, where are you going? Not spicy fried over beans. It's a playoff of what Chef Luca made me at his restaurant. 
It's ball and white bean puree with a fried Rocky Mountain oyster and then an Amatriciana sauce. When I worked for Stephanie Izzard, she one time decided she wanted to do testicles and made us try about 100 different kinds. Goat testicles are the worst ones. They remind me a bit of cod sperm sacks when they're in season, which in Korean restaurants usually get kind of broken down and stirred into a broth to finish it. Mm. So I'm making ball drop soup with fried oh. Rocky Mountain oysters and Rocky Mountain oyster dashi. No thing. Gotta go we balls like out, right? God, I gotta <laughs> stop with the ball jokes. Yeah. Chief I think I'm gonna do one tempura fried and the other a savory pate, somewhere like a chicken liver. A Rocky Mountain oyster is kind of chewy, kind of soft, kind of wet. Their texture is no. off-putting. There's no fat in them. They can be tough as shit. So I'm changing the texture by one grinding it. Great. And then for the fried, I'm gonna cut it into little strips and bread them like a clam strip. So you don't have to have such a big bite. Stop! You're killing me. You double loose. What are you making? I'm doing fried Rocky Mountain oysters with a bean and ball puree. Joe, why are you copying me? What are you making? Fried Rocky Mountain oysters with a bean and ball puree. <laughs> Damn it! I've never had these before. I don't know exactly what they're gonna taste like, but I liken them much to sweetbreads. So, Steven, I don't wanna try testicles. And what was funny is because I was watching it on the computer, I was like, minimize <laughs> while I was eating. I didn't wanna look at it. Oh my God, it was so gross. Gotta go balls out, right? And I was like, uh, I thought it was safe to eat during Top Chef, but apparently not. I think it's funny when they throw in a task like that, like it's to throw them off their game or whatever, but the judges then have to eat them. It was the Voltaggio brothers. <laughs> the, uh, oh my God, it was just so gross. I mean, I know it's like something that people who are chefs, they try all sorts of things and they're... You, you know, you got to experiment. You got to be open to things. But I don't want to see that. I, I've never tried them. All the time I've been in Colorado, I've never seen them on the menu anywhere I've been to. So, mm -hmm. and I probably wouldn't try them. I don't mind. I've tried lots of different foods in my, you know, life. But I'm just not too sure about that. I'm scared. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, they had it sitting there. You could see veins and stuff. No. Yeah. No, thank you. So anyway, it's like, it's like brains. I'm not interested in trying brains or tongue or any of that. Yeah, neither I, am I. No, I don't need to experience that at all. I don't need it. It might be the most delicious things ever, but I'll never know. Mm. Yeah, I don't need to know. <laughs> I, you know, I won't even eat frog's legs or anything like that. I have tried that, and it was disgusting. Oh. <laughs> Okay, Steven, so uh, some news. Do you remember that Joss Whedon was doing uh, Batgirl? Yes. Uh, he's not going to do it anymore. No, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's right. Joss Whedon exits Batgirl movie. Josh? The bat... The bat... Oh, wait. A video almost started playing. Josh... Joss... I guess it stopped. <laughs> the bat signal is being dimmed for now. Joss Whedon is saying goodbye to DC Entertainment heroine Batgirl. 
Whedon, the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, among other pop culture touchstones. Let's see. uh, Firefly? Dollhouse? He's exiting the feature project, which he was writing and was slated to direct. Batgirl is such an exciting project, and Warner's DC is such a collaborative and supportive partner that it took me months to realize I really didn't have a story. Whedon on Thursday told The Hollywood Reporter in a statement that I'm grateful to Jeff Johns and Toby Emmerich and everyone who was so welcoming when I arrived and so understanding when I, uh, is there a sexier word for failed? Whedon came on the bat, uh, came onto the Batgirl project in March of 2017 with the hopes of bringing to the big screen a companion to the female empowerment icon Wonder Woman with this one tied to the most popular character in comics, Batman. Batgirl is Barbara Gordon, the daughter of Gotham City Police Commissioner James Gordon. But sources say Whedon, after a year of trying, could not crack the code of what Batgirl could be. How could it be that hard? I don't know. Just make a Batgirl movie, dude. It's not rocket science, right? Um. So anyway, he's not doing it. Chicken. Yeah. A lot of people are saying they need to get a woman director in there or a woman writer. I say go ahead, do that. Get somebody else uh, since, uh, you know, Joss kind of failed. Now, Stephen, do you remember the comic book Danger Girl by mm-hmm. J. Scott Campbell? Mm-hmm. Well, I read that Danger Girl movie has found its writer. That's right. They want to make Danger Girl into a movie. The project was adapted from the 1990s comic book series created by artist J. Scott Campbell and writer Andy Hartnell. J. Scott Campbell is one of my favorite comic book artists when I stopped reading comics, basically. Remember, he started with Gen 13 with yeah. Image Comics. He just had this really cool detailed style that reminded me a lot of like Art Adams and those kind of artists that I like back in the day who put lots of detail. Well, it says that Constantin's, I guess that's the name of the company, female fronted action franchise, hopeful danger girl has found its writer rising action scribe. Umer Alim has been tapped to pen the script for danger girl, which was adapted from the nineties comic book series created by J Scott Campbell and Andy Hartnell. Robert Colzer of Constantin Films, Jeremy Bolt of Bolt Pictures, and Adrian Ascaria of Prime Universe. What are these things? Danger Girl follows the adventures of Abby Chase, an adventurer who was reluctantly recruited into a secret organization. Chase is impaired with operatives Sidney Savage and Natalia Castle on a globe-trotting adventure to locate a series of mystical objects and keep them out of the hands of the evil Hammer Syndicate. The comic was a blend of Indiana Jones, James Bond, and Charlie's Angels and an instant hit when it debuted in 1998. Is it still around, I wonder? Or is it just like short and kind of went away? But anyway, that's interesting. That's interesting to me because we used to read the comic. Now, Stephen, when I read this headline, I want you to react kind of like you're just like, okay, ready? Maggie's future on The Walking Dead is looking extra grim now. (laughs) That's what you got? Dying childbirth. No. Didn't they do that already? Yeah, they did that to Lori. Over the last few days, is her character pregnant? Maggie's? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, jeez. 
So boring. Over the last few days, we've heard conf- conflicting information about Lauren Cohan's future on The Walking Dead. The actress is currently without a contract for season nine. But Cohen was reportedly in active negotiations to extend her deal, and former showrunner Scott Gimple was hopeful something could be worked out. Yeah, about that. Cohen has nabbed the lead role in an ABC drama pilot, Whiskey Cavalier. Whiskey Cavalier is described as a high-octane, hour-long action dramedy that follows the adventures of a tough but tender FBI agent, Will Chase, codenamed whiskey cavalier who following an emotional breakup is assigned to work with a badass cia operative francesca frankie trowbridge codenamed fiery tribune according to the hollywood reporter cohen as frankie trowbridge will star alongside scandal star scott foley scott foley's will chase The Walking Dead will go on without Cohen, obviously, and probably long after we're all dead, but this doesn't necessarily mean the end is near for Maggie. Whiskey Cavalier didn't get a straight-to-series order, so ABC might not pick it up. Also, Cohen could still do part-time duty on the ABC series while still fulfilling her Frankie commitments. I mean, with a name that good, how could you not? Now, here's what I know about The Walking Dead and AMC. Notoriously cheapskates. Like, Robert Kirkman, the guy who created The Walking Dead, is suing AMC for his cut of money. So, it, I've even heard, uh, I forget where it was, but I think I linked it on, uh, you know, in the Entertainment Landfill fan club on Facebook, we had this long-ass thread of just dumb Walking Dead stories. Right, yeah. And one of them was how uh, actors are in fear of asking for more money because they can just be killed off. You know, like, we don't really need you. We got a huge cast here. We don't need to pay you. So I like the fact that that actress is playing hardball. Like, she's like, I'll go do another show if you guys won't pay me. The girl who's doing Star Trek now used to be on uh, The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead may be a high-rated show on AMC, but primetime money. You start losing all your major actors that have lasted throughout all the seasons, then yeah. you're going to lose viewership probably. I guarantee you, Lauren Cohen goes to do a show on ABC, pays way better than a show on AMC, even though it's a hit show called The Walking Dead. So uh, I'm, I always liked her character on The Walking Dead, but I just couldn't watch The Walking Dead anymore, so I feel bad for her. Now, Stephen, we've seen The Room. And we've yes. even seen uh, the uh, the James Franco movie called the uh, Oh my God, Jason! <laughs> it's called um, the Disaster. The Disaster Artist, which was fantastic. Loved the book. The movie was fun. James Franco was great in it until uh, uh, I guess uh, is he gone for good now? <laughs> James Franco for yeah. sexual misconduct. Jonathan? Yeah. Which, by the way. I'll just say this. If you read the stuff that he was accused of, what? You can't say that. <laughs> I know. Uh, it, it has to work no, I know that. Don't, don't say anything else. <laughs> okay. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Get me too if you're not <laughs> Me too. Remember that Saturday night? Have you ever seen the Saturday Night Live skit where the group of people are all sitting around a dinner table and someone brings up Aziz and sorry and they're like, oh, no. Uh-uh. And they're like, uh, well, I'm just saying, careful. Exactly, careful. I'm just saying, 
watch it easy it doesn't seem that oh no oh no and they're like just like i just think that oh no 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 and they're just like all like oh god get me out of here kind of a thing which is kind of funny well, but, i'm not 100 percent sure what he, he's accused of anyway so right so uh anyway what i was getting to is the room stars tommy Wiseau and greg sestero have a new film called best best friends with the r in parentheses in their new film and they have a trailer and i just wanted to see how bizarre it was are you curious about this sure all right let's check this out okay here we go best friends trust me friendship before money can you say that yeah what trust me friendship before money right yeah I have a good story for you, a familiar story. One guy meet another in a big city. They have dream, but something change. Greed, hatred, and jealousy. You understand the words? Presented in two volumes? What? Oh my god, it looks so bizarre, Steven. Now, did he direct this? Uh, let's see. Oh, hi, Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero's new movie. The Room Duo, whose efforts to get the cult classic to the big screen inspired the disaster artist, are back together in Best Friends. And the new trailer for the film, which Sestero wrote, so Greg wrote this, looks to be just as strange and wild as their last project, but this time with shootouts, a mysterious ATM, and a dead clown. <laughs> just imagine a Hitchcock film starring Tommy, Sestero tells EW. I have a good story for you, says Wiso's mortician character in the preview. A familiar story. One guy meet another in a big city. <laughs> they have dream. But something changed. Greed, hatred, and jealousy. You understand the words? Originally announced in October 2016, the film has now been cut into two volumes. <laughs> Kill Bill style. <laughs> Volume 1 will play in 600 select theaters nationwide on March 30th and April 2nd, followed by Volume 2 on June 1st and June 4th. Wow. Wow. I know it's here's the funny thing about the the room had this weird kind of life about it. I doubt that'll happen with this, but I guarantee you a lot of people will see this out of curiosity. Based on the room. Yeah. Yeah, just based on curiosity. Now I but saw it didn't say who directed. Uh you said it was it's written Greg, by. Greg Sestero wrote it, so I didn't see who directed it. I'll have to look at that. Okay, Steven. Uh I thought this was an interesting story. Flaming Hot Cheetos movie. 
how a Frito-Lay janitor created one of America's most popular snacks. That's right, Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Now, have you ever eaten Flamin' Hot Cheetos? I have. Do you like them? Yeah, they're okay. They're fine. Well, the spicy red version of the classic cheese-flavored snack are something of a cultural phenomenon. A group of children rapping about them racked up more than 16 million views on YouTube. Pop star Katy Perry even dresses a Flamin' Hot Cheeto for Halloween. Although several schools banned them, saying they were unhealthy, the snacks enjoy the kind of high-profile that research chefs and food scientists employed by big companies like Frito-Lay spend their careers chasing. But Flamin' Hot Cheetos weren't made by any experts. They were invented by a janitor, the son of a Mexican immigrant who dropped out of school because he struggled with English. His name is Richard Montanez. Montanez. And Fox Searchlight Pictures is making a movie about his life. Louis Kolick, who wrote Charlie St. Cloud in October Sky, will pin the first draft of the screenplay. I love that they report this before the screenplay is ever written. We're not going to see this movie for like six years or something. Based on the initial pitch from Montanez and producer Devin Franklin. gets any interest. Yeah, the biopic titled Flamin' Hot will follow Montanez's real-life rags-to-riches tale. He grew up on a farm migrant labor camp in Guasti, California, a tiny town centered on winemaking as a child. Montanez, one of 11 siblings, picked grapes at vineyards and ate at a communal table with several other families. But he had an entrepreneurial streak even then. In his memoir, A Boy, a Burrito, and a Cookie, he described arriving at his white elementary school during segregation. His bus was green. While the white children rode a yellow bus, speaking only Spanish, he couldn't understand anyone. He felt like an outsider, especially at lunchtime when he pulled out a burrito. In the 1960s, Mexican food wasn't, pop, wasn't a popular staple in the white communities like it is now. The other kids, with their bologna sandwiches and cupcakes, stared on in confusion until he grew embarrassed and put it back in his bag. He begged his mom to make him the same food as everyone else, but she refused. Instead, the next day, she made him two burritos for lunch and told him to make a friend. By the end of the week, he was selling burritos to his white classmates for 25 cents each. Man, that's smart. I learned at that moment that there was nothing special about being different, that there was a reason that we all just couldn't fit into the same box, he wrote. His background would prove useful again later in life, but first it presented an obstacle— Montanez struggled to learn English. His struggle to learn English was so severe that he dropped out of school at a young age. He worked various low-paying jobs from slaughtering chickens to gardening around town, picking up English along the way. When he was about 12 years old in 1976, he landed a job working as a janitor at Frito-Lay. One day, as he told Lowrider Magazine, all right, he saw a company-wide video of then-CEO Roger Enrico saying, we want every worker in the company to act like an owner. Make a difference. You belong to this company, so make it better. Montanez took these words to heart. Here's my invitation. Here's the CEO telling me, the janitor, that I can act like an owner. He later recalled at a 2014 League of United Latin American Citizens National Convention, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't need to, but I knew I was going to act like an owner. As he tells it, one day an assembly line at the plant where he worked broke down. 
A batch of Cheetos didn't receive the orange cheesy dust that make them so popular, so he took a few home to experiment. He had formed an ideal while watching a street vendor in his neighborhood make elote, is, am I saying that right? A grilled Mexican street corn. Corn on the cob covered in cheese, butter, lime, and chili. What if I took the same concept and applied it to a Cheeto, he thought. So he did. His friends and family loved the result. Thinking back to the video and figured he had nothing to lose, he decided to call Enrico to pitch the idea. Enrico took his call and told Montanez to present his product in two weeks. So the janitor went out, bought his first ever tie for $3, then stopped by a library to get a book on marketing and copied a strategy out of it to recite during the presentation. I'm a little bit of an artist, so I even designed the bags and put Cheetos in it, he said. Against all odds, it worked. Enrico loved the idea, and new line of spicy snack food was born, with flaming Hot Cheetos as its flagship. Montanez has since served in various positions throughout the company, including executive vice president. Many times, greatness will come in ridiculous forms. A ridiculous idea might be a billion-dollar idea. Wow, how about that, Stephen? And I have no idea if I'm saying his name right, so I'm sorry if I'm not. <laughs> well, Stephen, that's all of the news this week. No, say it isn't so. Hey, that's it. Stephen, um... <laughs> they remind me a bit of cod sperm sacks when they're in season. Oh, no, 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 no. God, I gotta stop with the ball jokes. No more of that, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen, what do you say we read some, uh, hmm... What is it called? Uh, what do you say? We, uh, I'm waiting for you to finish the sentence. Some rotten tomatoes? Yeah! Yes, you like potato. I like potato. You like tomato. I like tomatoes. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. I like stale tomato juice. Oh, gross. Steven, Game Night came out today. Uh, it looks like a funny movie. It's got a great cast, so I was curious about it. Uh, Jason Bateman, Kyle Chandler, I mean, Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. It's even got Rachel McAdams in it. It's got uh, Jesse Plemons from Friday Night Lights. So, come on. Uh, Game Night is currently 82% fresh. Nice. And it's directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan M. Goldstein, co-directors. John Francis Daly, we know who that is, right? He's the guy from Freaks and Geeks. Yes. Uh, Bateman and McAdams star as Max and Annie, whose weekly couple's game night gets kicked up a notch when Max's charismatic brother, Brooks, played by Carl Chandler, arranges a murder mystery party, complete with fake thugs and faux federal agents. So when Brooks gets kidnapped, it's all part of the game, right? But as the six uber-competitive gamers set out to solve the case and win, they begin to discover that neither this game nor Brooks are what they seem to be. Over the course of one chaotic night, the friends find themselves increasingly in over their heads as each twist leads to another unexpected turn. With no rules, no points, and no idea who all the players are, this can turn out to be 
this could turn out to be <laughs> the most fun they've ever had or game over. Okay. So Sam Adams, inventor of beer for Slate, says... The back and forth between McAdams and Bateman is what makes Game Night sing, which is not to slight Horgan's dry wit or Magnuson's elegance, elegant idiocy or Morris's magnificent Denzel Washington impression. Okay, I'm sorry. I fumbled that big time. Okay, Richard Rober says, The Game Night co-directors deliver a stylish and good-looking movie. Three out of four. Hey, that's not bad, Stephen. That's usually a bad review, three of them. <laughs> Glenn Weldon of NPR <laughs> says, Screenwriter Mark Perez knows the difference between simply making a reference and actually writing a joke. And while the jokes come ceaselessly, they are knowingly, and this turns out to be key, lightly offered. Okay. Adam Graham of Detroit News says, Game Night is a blast, a sharp adult comedy that earns genuine laughs without going lowbrow or diving into raunchy humor. I give it a B plus. Well, can't have that raunchy humor, Stephen. That's bad. The raunchy humor. Let's read a bad review. This is from Christopher Lawrence from Las Vegas Review. Game Night suffers from wild tonal shifts, a half dozen or more plot developments that defy not only logic, but physics, and a cast of characters who behave in no way humans should or would see. Hey, at least he didn't give it a number grade. C is still passing and good, not bad. <laughs> I don't uh, shoot all the critics that do that stupid stuff. Rashid Arani says, car chases, shootouts, and film references abound. In other words, there's scarcely anything original about this Atlantish caper. Two out of five. Okay, let's see what Rob Thomas says. Dude, is that the guy from Matchbox 20? It's like David Fincher's The Game as an R-rated comedy, a film that's playing games with its audience as much as its characters are playing games with each other. And if you don't mind being messed with a little, that can be a lot of fun. Hey, I like that. That kind of explains to me more, like comparing it to David Fincher's The Game. That's kind of cool. Uh, I think I might want to see this, Stephen. Chris Agar of Screen Rant says, Game Night is a madcap adventure packed with laughs, twists, and good performances that will keep audiences thoroughly entertained. 3.5 out of 5. All right. I'm making myself hoarse, Stephen. Talk so much, Jason. <laughs> well, Stephen, you read this it one for me. It would be awful boring if you didn't. Uh, yeah. What am I reading? Laura Clifford of Reeling uh -oh. Reviews. Directors Daily, Goldstein, and a game cast. Uh, intermittently keep this film aloft. McAdams' nutsy enthusiasm and Plemons' creepy obsessiveness, particularly on target. But Mark Perez's labored script creates a drag that ultimately overtakes their effort. Oh, she didn't like it. She doesn't like Jesse Plemons. But I've been I sold love on Jesse it. Plemons. Now, another movie that's come out, Annihilation. Annihilation is my name. Winning is my game. Hey, what flavor is this? It's, it's multi-flavored. Mmm. Steven has just handed me a cough drop. A nice lozenge. Mmm, I love lozenges. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, that's all right, Adam. All right, the next movie is called <laughs> Annihilation. This is uh, 
a film direct written and directed by Alex Garland. It's based on Jeff Vandermeer's best-selling <laughs> moving it away from the mic. His best-selling Southern Reach trilogy, Annihilation, stars Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, Gina Rodriguez, and Tessa Thompson, and Oscar Isaac and Tuva Novotny. It was written and directed by Alex Garland, who also did Ex Machina. It's 87% fresh. And it looks very interesting, science fiction. James Barrera Dinelli says, This movie, unlike something produced for mass audiences, is about what happens in the calm moments between the loud, splashy sequences. That's a good review. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have given you the lozenge. Blame Steven, you guys. Uh, Rex Reed, who's a horrible film critic, he said, Annihilation is a demented science fiction comic book of a movie that makes less sense than a butterfly meeting with a buffalo. One out of four. Mm. Pretty lame. Christopher Orr of The Atlantic says, um, <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> the result is a film that has the feel of brainy high-end science fiction, but ultimately neither the underlying structure nor content. It's a shame, given that we are in the midst of a modest heyday for the subgenre. Christy Puchko of Riot Material says, Portman is painfully restrained in the lead role, looking upon biological impossibilities and mutilated corpses with the same distant curiosity. But Matthew Lacona said, okay, this is interesting. Matthew Lacona says, Writer-director Alex Garland continues his assault on human specialness and humanity in general, this time going so far as to loop in self in the self among the parts of us subject to genetic malleability. Fresh. Two out of five. Does that make any sense? No. Two out of five would mean he doesn't like it, but it's fresh. I like this guy's rating system. A challenging, rich science fiction film that rewards patient audiences, although many will find the film tough to follow. 7.5 out of 10. Nice. What's that? James Radigan. I'm going to see Annihilation tomorrow. Sweet. Tell us what you think of it. It looks very interesting. I'd like to see it. I think I... Uh, I liked Ex, Ex Machina. I have more of a chance of seeing Game Night with my wife than taking her to see Annihilation, I think. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Excuse me. Did you ever see Ex, Ex Machina? Ex Machina. Uh, no, I never did. Annihilation is my name. Winning is my game. That's right, That's Iron Enforcer. <laughs> Sunday Alone movies I went and saw. Oh, nice. So you dug it? Yeah, I liked I liked uh, Ex Machina. Ex Machina. I just like saying it. Uh, now, Stephen, the Black Panther was 97% fresh. It got really good reviews. People really dug that, including us. You don't say. Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention Ryan Coogler did a fantastic job with that. Whether or not this is the best film Marvel Studios has made to date, and it's clearly in the discussion, it is by far the most thought-provoking. Hmm, well said. Um, here's Matthew Lacona again. Man, this guy gets around. Ultimately, it's more interesting... To think about than it is to watch. Two out of five. And it's fresh. This guy, all of his reviews are rated... Was he even the last one? 
Yes. Rated fresh. It was rated fresh, but he didn't like it. Matthew Lacona, here it is. Two out of five. And it's rated fresh for Annihilation. Annihilation is my name. Okay, we get it. (laughs) Annihilation is my name. Sigabuku. This challenge is really going to take some balls. That's right. Still say you need to put up a a website where they have to actually put in their fresh and put the review in. They're going to have to do it. Where Because you can't. That pull these votes in are not right. Adam Sexton says that cough drop in your mouth is coming through loud and clear. <laughs> oh no, I've ruined the show, Stephen. I've ruined the show because I gave it to you. <laughs> <clears throat> I just can't keep it in one spot. I've got one in my mouth right now. Have you heard it? No. Yeah, how do you do that? Please tell me. Tuck it over here behind my... Drop them! On my cheek. Tuck uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to try that. Okay, I think this is going to work. <laughs> Nobody can hear anything anymore. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Game Night and Annihilation, both two well-reviewed movies. They're probably great movies. Black Panther is going to decimate them in the box office again. Right, yeah. Here's one I'm really interested in next week. <laughs> Death Wish. Starring Bruce Willis, who, he's in movie jail, isn't he? Or he has been. He does a lot of direct-to-video movies now. Um, I don't know what's going on with Bruce Willis, but... You can't keep that... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Eli Roth has directed this, and it's written by Joe Carnahan. So I'm really curious about Death Wish. It seems like my kind of movie. I love revenge flicks. Where some guy's been wronged and he just kills a bunch of bad guys. What was the 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 Mel Gibson one where um, payback? Mm-hmm. Or uh, Mel Gibson's done many of them. Mad Max. <laughs> well, I mean the the one that was like with the oh, draw a blank on her name. Oh, there's one where his daughter gets killed. I don't remember what that was called though. No, I was thinking the one where he's he just gets out of prison, his girlfriend's a prostitute. Whatever. Yeah, it's payback. Yeah. I do like that one. Mm-hmm. There's no reviews of this yet, but it has Bruce Willis, Vincent D'Onofrio, Dean Norris, Elizabeth Shue, although it looks like she gets killed in the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> um. So, Edge of Darkness. Thank you, Adam. Uh, Red Sparrow. 63% fresh. That comes out next week with uh jennifer lawrence that looks interesting let's read one review by thomas laffley of time out what am i gonna do with this lodge and steven <laughs> spit it out put it on the paper in front of you no it's okay um <laughs> with its highbrow tinker taylor soldier spy like ambitions unrealized Red Sparrow ultimately plays a lot simpler than initially suggests, even if a cathartic conclusion rewards the patience of those with tough constitutions. Owen Gleiberman, though, says, elegantly tense and absorbing. How, how do you submit reviews to this site? Because I would love to write one and just put a review in there. Just totally bogus. Oh, boy. That's great. You mean how you become a critic on Rotten Tomatoes? Yes. I don't know. 73 out of 100 stars. <laughs> what? 
Yeah. You know? I want to do something weird. I don't know. So that's Rotten Tomatoes, Steven. I can't think I'm of anything to else to read. look at that and see how I can become a critic on there. You want to become a critic? On that. Just for just making... Whatever happened to the Lyles Movie Files guy? You have to look through and find him. Lyles Movie Files. I like that guy. Hey, Steven. Him up on Why do you say make money, money, make money, money, money? Imperious leader? Who is he? Show him to us. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Steven. Steven the Pop Culture Zillion. Hey. I'm making fall drop soup. Mmm. Here you go, Steven. I'm not having any. <laughs> Gotta go balls out, right? No. Oh, I know why you won't want you don't want this. Hope no one's allergic to nuts. Are you allergic to nuts, I'm Steven? Allergic to nuts. <laughs> <laughs> We're going streaky. Yeah! Ah. He's nuts. <laughs> I love that ball drop soup. Gross. God, I gotta stop with the ball jokes. Well, guys, that was uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Thank you so much for listening to that. And we will see you in a moment on the flip side. What do you think about that, Stephen? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Carol, we can try the veal. And me with Will Ferrell. What? <laughs> what? Come on, Steven. <laughs> We're going streaky. Okay, let me ask you this. Is is he funny in old school? No. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I know now. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to Entertainment Landfilm News, Episode 50. Here's the funny thing. After doing over <laughs> 300 of the regular show, when you get to 50 of, like, it's just kind of funny. Like, not that big a deal, but it is. I mean, we've done 50 of these silly shows. Um, <laughs> I need to do the show more where my voice can handle it again, because apparently I'm making myself hoarse every Friday. You know? It's not good. Yeah, uh, uh, you just don't know how to handle a lozenge. Yeah, I don't know how to hide it from the microphone. <laughs> oh, sorry I've about had that. I've been this the whole time, and you've never heard it. <laughs> I know you're good, but everybody, please visit entertain or no, actually visit etlandfill.com. There you can find the worst of blowout. Did you see? I did that, Stephen. Yes, I did. Not only does it have our best moments or the only moments of Jonathan Anton's blowout that we covered on the show. Silky dirt. Yeah, silky dirt, dude. It also has um, Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution, which that part is fun because of how annoyed Bill was every week when we covered it. Silky dirt, dude. (laughs) 
And then we cover Rocco Despirito's dinner party, which was especially douchey. <laughs> and I had to include that. But what, here's the funny thing about that. Uh, back when we covered Blowout on the show, it was like in the early, that was like early 20s of the show. Um, that was when Vanessa was on the show. And it's before we had the Levelator. And <coughs> it has never sound, sound, the show has never sounded as good as it does now that I've levelated the blowout stuff and it sounds way better than it does on the original episodes. It's like remastered. Um, and also, you know, I talked before. Dolby. Yes. The worst of who wants to be a superhero. That stuff is still there and you guys might dig that. Or, you know, you could click on the show archive and find all of our old shows. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on there. We've easily done, uh, 5 million shows. Literally. Yes. 500 shows at least. We've done a lot. But also, guys, um, I'd like to thank... I haven't done this in a while, and I want to thank all of our patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash landfill, you can become a patron and support the show like our latest patron, Jessica Lowe, Stephen. Yay! Yay! Your friend. (laughs) She is supporting the show. That's right. And I'd like to thank all of our other patrons, Xavier, Ken Preventure, Adam Sexton, Swiley, Steven Steinbach, John Waltz, Slade Bailey, Brandon, Kelly, B. Sly, Mark Anderson, Darren Finlan, Mike Metcalf, Carl, um, Inertia Global Entertainment, Nice. <laughs> Uh, Brian, Nathena Lewis, Adam Howard. I love all you guys. Thank you so much for supporting the show for as long as you have. And uh, thank you, Jessica, also. That's awesome. Thank you guys for listening to the show. Going back, doing all the old shows, listening to the. Oh, that's awesome. You know what's funny is I've been feeling nostalgic lately. Uh, and I've been listening to some old shows. And it's so funny is uh, I was listening to one where I was talking about when our direct TV went out and we needed a new like transponder outside. And I was like, Oh my God, I forgot all about that. <laughs> I, uh, our direct TV went out for like a week and they couldn't get anyone to fix it for like a week. And I remember the Chuck series finale was coming on and I had no way to record it or watch it at home. And I remember being so Didn't bummed about that. Over the air antenna? No. Uh, I remember I talk about the over the air antenna. I just couldn't get the thing to work to get a signal worth a damn. And, you know, uh, Heather's mom recorded it, but it wasn't the same as like watching at home in your living room. And Bill, he actually uh, bit torrented the last two episodes <laughs> for me. <laughs> and I still have those, but I thought it was funny. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time. Huh? Uh, Jessica Lowe wanted. said the worst of who wants to be a superhero special is fantastic. Definitely a must. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jessica. <laughs> and you know what? There's a part at the end of the worst of blowout that I included of Emma. She's right at the end uh, where she wants me to play Power Rangers in space theme. I don't know if you remember that, but she, her voice is so adorable on that episode. And I had accidentally heard her feelings on that 
uh, there was a mic set up for Laura, but Laura didn't show up. And then they kept bumping into the mic. And I was like, oh, be careful, be careful. I was trying to tell her to come away from the mic. But she go, she was like, oh. And she got up and ran away. She thought I was saying, go away, go away. But I wasn't. I was saying, watch out for the mic. So I had her come back and I explained to her what happened. She was like, oh. <laughs> and it's so cute when I said, D- you didn't cry, did you? She goes, I did. I medium cried. And it was just so, medium she cried. medium cried. So adorable. <laughs> so check out the worst of blowout, guys. Gotta love Jonathan. Let's see. We got a lot of fantastic Jonathan uh, uh, drops there. Um. What was the, what is the one where he? Uh, I'm trying to remember what that one is called. Oh yeah. Hello. <laughs> I always love that one. God, it's such good stuff. I can't remember on the drop show. Did we do any Jonathan Anton drops in that with uh, Ross and Adam, or did we not cover that? Look at all of you wonderful people. We had to have done something. Maybe I, I, I gotta go back I, and I listen to that. Listen to the- Adam was saying, "When are we gonna do another drop <laughs> battle of the drops?" And I was like, "Oh God, Adam, I don't know. I want to, but it's so much work. I'd have to think of some. I'd have to re-listen to that. I remember after we did we the original have competitor, right? Come, yeah. Who's got to? Somebody has to challenge Adam. I think Ross wants to challenge Adam, him. Again. Ross wants to challenge well, him. Well, uh, Jessica, she's going back and listening to those old episodes. <laughs> she's gonna be ready. She'll have it all fresh in her brain to know all these drops. But uh, when I re-listened to it, I thought of all these better ideas for how to do it. And I could definitely come with a much better uh, show. But, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. And, uh, hey, thanks, thank you, patrons. And, guys, we'll be back next time, hopefully next week, for another show. Oh, my God, my voice is going, Steven. <laughs> oh! Yeah, I was, I was uh, getting scratchy no. during the week a little bit now. now so, <clears throat> Excuse me. Been on cough drops for about two days now. I'm scared. Because it, we got the ice storms up there where I was in Topeka. So it's a little cold and rainy and wet and icy and snowy. You know what would help with that? Our coughs. I'm making ball drop soup. No. <laughs> <laughs> no Mmm, uh, come on, Steven. They remind me a bit of hot sperm sacks when they're in season. Oh, when they're in season, Steve. I, I only eat them. How <laughs> the season you get real sick. Yikes, I'm sick. Okay, guys. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, what are you waiting for? Get out there. Uh, don't forget to watch Altered Carbon. Everything sucks. The new season, the rest of the tick is out there. Go watch a movie, and we'll see you next time. Right, Steven? Yes, we'll see you. Awesome. We'll see you next <laughs> time. <laughs> Steven, help me. What? I can't. I'm chewing a lozenge. Oh, St- Steven, you've <laughs> revealed you have a lozenge. I knew it. Well, you heard it here, folks. The gang at ETL wish you caviar dreams and some lozenges or something. I really got nothing. Later, James Rattigan, Jessica, Adam Sexton, and everyone else. Check you later. Say, make money, money, make money, money, money. Say, make money, money, make money, money, money. Now, this is.
this podcasting. Gotta go balls out, right? <laughs> that sounds pretty terrifying.